0: Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today. We're continuing our series on common Christian problems. And today we're going to be talking about how to prevent and overcome youth drug addictions. And the emphasis in this broadcast will be on the prevention side, but just try to catch something that's in this broadcast. And if you listen next time as well, there's a unity between these two broadcasts in the sense that one of the keys for prevention is also the key to overcoming a drug addiction. So you want to pay attention to that. Now, we just finished two episodes offering hope for Alcohol addictions and all types of addictions are hard to overcome, yet in many ways, they're similar and sometimes connected. In that, I think I mentioned, uh, it's not uncommon, for instance, somebody with a serious pornography problem to also have an uncontrolled gambling problem, an alcohol problem, and a drug problem. And why is that? We explored when we were talking about alcohol addictions that inner trauma or wounds that a person can carry, and many people do, and then when you get to substances or behaviors that can easily fuel an addiction. So in the course of what we're talking about today, you might say, well, I don't have children or my children don't have a drug addiction or whatever, You know, part of the goal of this faith and family radio isn't just for you, but for the people you know, for your friends, your relatives, your coworkers, the people in your parish. And if you can gain some of the insights that we're trying to offer for overcoming these problems, you can pass it along to someone else. And you know, it's very surprising if we prepare ourselves for something, God can bring somebody across our path so we can help them. Now, I'd like to talk about prevention, and I, I'm i Mr. Prevention. I am a very big advocate of preventing problems, and yet I realize that uh, if I had a open a storefront, in fact, it was a dual storefront, and one store would have preventing common problems, and the other would be curing common problems. One of the stores would have lots and lots of business. The other one, you'd be sitting in there twiddling your thumbs, and guess which one that would be? That would be on the prevention side. And yet, so many parents that have a drug addiction are searching, searching, searching for answers, excuse me, their children have a drug addiction, but very few ask how to prevent it. And so we have done a multi-series on marijuana subtitled Eden's Gift or Dangerous Weed. Now, why am I bringing this up? Well, the new administration in Washington, part of what they're promising to do is, is to in some way federally legalize marijuana. And one of the subjects on this series, Marijuana, Eden's Gift or Dangerous Weed, is what happens to Christian youth when pot is legalized? If it's legal, is it right? Uh, 68% of Americans, according to a recent Gallup poll, now support legalization of marijuana. Now, if you go to the internet, sometimes it's a dangerous thing to do because there's all kinds of studies that say, well, you know, marijuana is really not a gateway drug. Marijuana is really not something if once you try it, you might dramatically increase your probabilities of moving on to harder drugs. Now, nobody believes that everybody who smokes marijuana is going to become a drug addict. But the question is, do most drug addicts begin with marijuana? Now... <laughs> The answer is fairly simple. If you lived through the late 60s and 70s like I did, particularly being a youth pastor at this time, it wasn't hard to figure out that marijuana was a gateway drug. Now, again, some of the titles and questions we dealt with in that series, should Catholics smoke pot? What role do parents have in teen drug prevention? is there serious health consequences to consider do school programs prevent pot use and what about the medical marijuana question and then are there any official catholic statements about pot now so many questions that come into catholic radio and i i did this for a good dozen years, had a call-in faith and family, which dealt with questions people called in about. And very often, there were problems, there were serious problems that had developed over a series of years. For instance, uh, you know, youth drug addictions is a serious problem, but this, this might actually shock you, disappoint you, or you might disagree. But having done this for a dozen years, I'll say this. Serious problems, particularly ones that have grown over a period of years, cannot be solved in a five to seven minute radio reply. Okay? Now, that CD series that I told you about, Marijuana, Eden's Gift, or Dangerous Weed, I've collected resources over decades and put it into that series. And you know what? It'll take you two and a half hours to get through. And you might think, no, I prefer the five to seven minute reply. Um, it's not that simple. And it's interesting. I've I've had parents call me and just, just – give me the the little lever that I can push to just kind of correct this problem. And I'm thinking you know, like of a father who called me and had multiple kids who have already left the faith and and uh, kind of totally alienated from him and everything else. And I suggested multiple resources to try to change His thinking, not his kids' thinking, his thinking, no, 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 I just want, you know, what's the lever I can push to set all this straight? Wanted a five minute reply. And a lot of times they're not there. And believe me, when it comes to youth drug addictions, they are going to increase if our federal government removes. Uh, all legislation uh, against the use of marijuana, particularly for young people. Uh, no, I don't want to see a uh, another war on drugs. No, I don't want to see people locked up forever for a pot offense. But on the other hand, when it becomes legalized, it does affect Christian young people. I'll say that again. It does affect Christian young people. They're their change in behavior, attitudes, and motivations can change radically, and you can take the steps to try to prepare yourself in advance for what's coming, or you can get hit by it, but be aware that five minutes will not give you the secret key to overcoming a problem that you have allowed to develop. Now. As I mentioned at the top of this broadcast, and here's something try to keep in mind this time and next, there's a key to both prevention and overcoming a drug addiction. And here's what it is. I'm not going to make this a secret or anything else. It's a person's inner life. Uh, The Bible calls it the heart. Now, I recognize that very often the Readers of an English Bible see the word heart, and they think, "Oh, I really, I need to really express my emotional affection for Jesus." And sometimes even uh, contemporary Christian songs are real heavy in this direction, but that's not what the Bible is talking about. If there's a part of your anatomy that would refer to your emotions, and I'm talking about in the biblical Greek, it would be your gut or your bowels. That's the part where it refers to the emotional part of a person. The heart is the center, the very core of the person, which really drives things. And this is where St. Augustine's Confessions probably, you know, he probably could have qualified for three PhDs in psychology writing confessions because it not only dealt with his psychological turmoil, uh, the source of his immorality, but realizing that the heart, again, the heart, the core of the person is what was driving St. Augustine to all of the excesses in his own life. And of course, his famous statement, which we shouldn't allow to become trite, He said, our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. Our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And resting in Christ is a way of referring to our union with Christ. If you want a comprehensive Bible study that has a tendency just to sail over your head because it's so simple to read the preposition in— And then with the word Christ, in Christ. That's referring to resting in Christ. That's referring to a union with Christ. That's referring to a personal attachment to Christ. Now, a significant part of the restlessness that drives people to try to fill it with things other than God himself This is where addictions can rise, particularly if you couple this with some wounds, some trauma, uh, some personal difficulties, and many of us have them, but this restlessness combined with that can easily lead to habits and addictions that we basically don't want to have. The cure is bringing a focus of hearts in union with Christ, and if you're a parent and if you want to and i know you have you haven't heard quite this dimension of it probably or at least a number of you haven't if you want to prevent the possibility or probability of drug abuse which is going to skyrocket once the laws changes hear this and i'm perhaps stepping on some toes but uh, it's a good time to do this what i would term parental pious hyperactivity is not necessarily bringing a heart or guiding and nurturing the hearts of your children to a union with Christ. And what, what am I talking about? Well, there's a certain amount of parental adrenaline that can kind of rise up. When you see where our culture is going, you realize that there has to be a deepening of faith. That's true. But the response to that is sometimes by multiplying our religious activities our doing religious things and devotions and think if I only go to this type of retreat or this type of special mass and all these things are good, but you still miss the main point in a lot of times, doing a lot of activities, devotions, and religious activities. And the main point is what? What's the main point of Christianity? It's Christ. What's the focus of our faith? It's Jesus and our union with him. Stephen Covey, the uh, Organizational expert. I think he's a Mormon, but there's a lot of truth to his famous saying the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And if the main thing in Christianity is Jesus, we want to make sure we're not doing secondary things, which with such an intensity that we oops, we miss the main thing. And Specifically, let's talk to uh, a religious formation program, okay? Now, in most cases, not all, but most cases, I would say 97, 98, 99 percent of the time is spent in a classroom, okay? Now, think with me for a moment. What part of the human anatomy is a classroom designed to nurture. And again, uh, we're not anti-intellectual at all, but if the core of the person is the heart, is the classroom a place to primarily nurture the mind or also the heart? And I think if we are honest, there's a certain amount of missing the target, of missing the main thing. And, you know, it's shocking to many parents who children can go through complete catechism programs and CCD programs and confirmation programs, maybe even 12 years of Catholic school, and by the... Late teens and graduation comes around, there seems to be absolutely a void when it comes to faith. And the same thing can happen with what I term parental pious hyperactivity. You can be doing so many things, but those things might be close, uh, very close, but not centered on the one thing that has to happen. Listen to how St. Paul would pray for the Catholics in the early church in Ephesus. This is from chapter one of his letter to the Ephesians, starting in verse 16. St. Paul said, "'I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. So prayers for others so that there can be the genuine wisdom and revelation given about the knowledge of Christ. And then he says in the next verse, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you might know what is the hope to which he has called you? Somebody might be saying, uh, what are the eyes to the heart? The eyes to the heart, this is a biblical expression. Again, the heart is the core of the person. This is where your motivations, the promptings, um, you either are restless or resting in Christ. And the eyes of your heart, talks about spiritual perceptions of who God is and having the genuine knowledge of him. Notional faith can be simply facts, religious facts, just like, you know, facts about the size of a car engine or something that are in your brain but don't affect your behavior, don't affect your actions, and don't affect the peace that you should have in your heart as a result of resting in Christ. Now, Somebody might saying, oh, this is, this is, this is, this is just anti-intellectual pious mush. Really? Let me give you a quote from perhaps the most intelligent Catholic living in the 20th and 21st century. Whoop! Who's that? Well, that would, in my estimation, be Pope Benedict XVI. I think it was Benedict Rochelle said he was literally a genius. And this is what he said at the 26th. World Youth Day in Madrid. Quote, the Christian faith is not only a matter of believing that certain things are true, but above all, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It is an encounter with the Son of God that gives new energy to our whole existence. When we enter into a personal relationship with him, Christ reveals our true identity, and in friendship with him, our life grows to complete fulfillment. Faith is, first of all, a personal adherence to God. See, this is the main thing. When Pope Benedict went to 26 World Youth Day, he kept the main thing the main thing, and that's the main thing to remember in spiritually nurturing a young person in such a way that their hearts are resting in Christ so they don't have a void that has to be filled with a chemical or drug. It's that simple, but yet that profound. And it's very easy to be consumed with various things, which in and of themselves are quite good, but you're you're missing the point. And if you had an opportunity to speak to a group of young people. If you had an opportunity where your son or your daughter had one of those 15-minute sessions that simply come up every few years, and they really open up and wanna know what's it all about, what would you talk to them about? The thing that you're gonna be doing the next week or next month or next season or the next book that's coming out or whatever, or are you going to point them to Jesus Christ? and in a deep way, so that they can have that encounter that Pope Benedict describes, that the idea that personal relationship with Jesus Christ that Pope Benedict described, and that adherence to God, which Pope Benedict described. And yet, when you have that, Sherry Waddell, who wrote a great book about being a real disciple of Jesus, she's the executive director of the Catherine Siena Institute, Reports of a survey that among young adult Catholics, only forty percent believe that having a personal relationship with God is possible. Only forty percent. The majority of young adult Catholics, and this is where there's a massive problems in the church. Almost two thirds are washing out. Well, you know the forty percent that believe that a personal relationship with God is impossible, that 60 percent is about the dropout rate. Did you hear that? And they're empty. And human beings are just like St. Augustine. Their hearts are restless, and they're going to try to find something, bunging jumping, alcohol, drugs, or whatever it is, it's going to attempt to be fulfilled. That's the human drive. And God's put that in there, and even when it comes to religion, we want to make sure that the goal is Christ, that personal relationship with him. You know, I've got several things in my mind I'd like to actually try as an experiment, and I don't know if anybody would want me to experiment with their kids, but it'd be something like this. Okay, rather than a long catechetical program or a year long confirmation program, giving your teenagers for one week up in the mountains. And we're going to talk about one thing Jesus Christ and how we can come to know and encounter him in our lives. And I would then like to compare what the result. Would be between that one week in the mountains because you see, when you're in a classroom, there's a tendency for both the children or the teens and the teachers to think that I just need to get that information into the mind. And if things are going bad in the culture, then I need to work a little harder to get that information in the mind. And really, what we need to be doing is to be bringing people to faith in Christ in a way of a personal adherence, not just religious information. It means opening the heart, and that's what John Paul II told us about in catechesis in our time, that catechesis must concern itself not just with teaching the faith, but arousing with the help of grace, opening the heart, opening the heart. Another brilliant pope, he says, open the heart and convert it, preparing it for total adherence to Jesus Christ, and this will decide the tone, the language, and the method of catechesis. So, you know, how do you come into a personal relationship? Well, you'd say, yeah, I had personal relationships at school, but it was probably more like in the classroom or horse around before or after school or sports programs or during recreation times, and we really want to focus our attention in bringing young people to have that total adherence to Jesus. And while we're on this, just kind of as a quickie here, and it's a major problem, when children are young, there's a danger in the United States in a sense that we are, in all that I am aware of, the wealthiest nation in the history of the entire world, of mankind. And I'm not a socialist. I'm delighted that we've had such great prosperity in this country. But Jesus, in Matthew 13, we talked about his parables. It talks about the the word of God, the gospel, being like a seed that's planted in the heart, but The delight in riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. And then he goes on to say, this people's heart has grown dull. Their ears are heavy of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest they should perceive with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn to me to heal them. And not just drugs, but stuff can fill our hearts. And I just have a very hard time thinking that for the vast majority of Americans, we have too much stuff in our hearts and not enough of Christ in our hearts. We wanna think about that because as we're raising our children, it's not just giving them things, it's giving them Christ and nurturing them with a focus on Jesus, and when we're recording this program, I don't know exactly when you'll be listening to it, but here we're entering into Lent, and there's a lot of things you could be running around and doing, and a lot of great practices during Lent and everything else, but perhaps one of the best cures for a restless heart to find a personal adherence to Christ uh, is a simple sitting down quietly reading through the Gospel of St. John to try to get to know Jesus better, saying maybe a 30-second prayer before reading and to saying, Jesus, I'd like to know you better from the depths of my heart this Lent. Speak to me as I adhere to you through your word in the Gospel of John." I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 324 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org.